أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد تب نفوسنا وأنوار قلوبنا وفرح دنيانا اللهم صل وسلم عليه في الأولين وفي الآخرين وفي الملئ الأعلى يا رب العالمين uh, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> we send uh, abundant blessings and peace upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and upon the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We continue now from the book Riyadh al-Salihin. But as we said last time, we're going to take like two weeks to read um, from a, a, a short part of a book written by Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, Rahimahullah. Imam al-Razi dies 505 after Hijri. He's from an area called Shabd al-Azim, which is south of Tehran in Iran. We know the Sadat al-Shafi'iyya, Sadat al-Hanafiyya, like a large number of Shafi and Hanafi ulama lived in these areas in the early period of Islamic history. And of course, Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi is buried in Hirat Afghanistan. Rahimahullah, who was assassinated, he was poisoned uh, by the Karamiya. And we mentioned last time, sometimes you hear things about Ar-Razi which are unacceptable for any living Muslim to say about one of the mujaddas of Islam. As one of our teachers used to say, Like the only thing we should say, like Rahimahumullah. Like, especially if like we're not trained in academic critique how to like critically look at someone's work. Because there's a set of principles that there's actually a class that's taught called Adab al-Bath wa The etiquette of debate and research, which someone should study. So just like you have rules for grammar, fa'il marfu' maf'ul mansub, you have qawa'id for how to argue. That's lost. Most people haven't studied that stuff. I'll give you an example. Imam Madhahabi says in Barakalafiq. Imam Madhahabi says in Lisan al Mizan, if you criticize someone more than is needed to establish that they are not strong, this is backbiting. Do you think anyone nowadays on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, they're using that principle? Are they, first of all, even seen as someone to be trusted in this field of jarh and ta'deel, of critical thought. But then secondly, like, is there any restraint? And that's why it's very interesting when you look at criticisms of like Muslims, there's never a middle ground. Either the hujjatul Islam or hujjatul shaitan. There's no ashab al-a'raf. That's, that's an evidence that there's this lack of a vital center. 
that there's a lack of qawaid. There's a lack of principles. I'll give another example of Imam al-Dahabi. Imam al-Dahabi, he named his son Abu Huraira. He named his son Abu Huraira. So people ask him like, what about your son? He said, may Allah bless my son, but he's weak in this. Even that's his son. Because it's not about like emotions or groups or shuk or Islam as an identity. It's about qawaid. وَيَدْرَفَعْ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا The Kaaba is built on real foundations, qawaid. But what is our Islam built on? Principles, qawaid or awatif. So I gave an example of this. He had to be very careful because you're going to read things about Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, why? Because one of the greatest ways to destroy scholars in the old days was to start rumors about them or to attribute text to them that they didn't write. That's why you have the Ijazah system. Now the Ijazah system is for tabarruk, right? People seek blessings. But in ancient times, the Ijazah system was used for preservation. Al-Isnanu min al-Deen. It's a famous statement of Imam Ibn Sirin. Right? Isnad is from Deen. And then the Ijazah system 100 years ago became corrupted. So everybody was getting Ijazahs. And that's why the Azhar created the Kulliyat. It's very important to understand why some people thought, why did Azhar start Kulliyat? This modernity, they became modernists. It wasn't an act that we should have husnul dhan with Muslims also. But the reason that the Kuliyat and the degree system was started, like in Azhar, in Damascus, in Morocco, in Syria, was because even now, you know, maybe some of you got ijazas and books you never read before. So you could say to people, mashallah, I have ijaz and this and this and this. It doesn't mean academic credibility. So this whole system and its different iterations was meant to preserve academic credibility. And with that comes criticism. So Imam al-Razi, as we mentioned before, because people asked me to repeat sort of last week because people didn't know there was class. And that's my fault because I was out of town. Um, Imam al-Razi, if you, we set some rules for this. If you want to research somebody, don't read like what one person said about them or the group that they're not part of says about them. It's never going to be just. Right? And Allah says, اِعْدِلُوهُ أَقْرَبُ taqwa." Be just. So being just is a sign of taqwa. So what you want to do is what's called a sabr wa taqseem. You want to pull together the relevant information from recognized authorities and you want to see like what's said. So of course, if you look at, for example, the Salafi school, they're going to be highly critical of Fakhruddin al-Razi because he's considered one of the imma of Ashaira. Just like if you read the critique of Ibn Taymiyyah from Sadat Ashaira, it's going to be harsh. Very rarely are you going to, in America, I'm talking now in English, I'm not talking to other languages, in the US. Very rarely do you find people who are like equitable. And one of the statements that we find people saying about Sayyidina Imam al-Razi, rahmatullahi alayhi, is that he wrote a book Sir al-Maknun, 
في مخاطب النجوم ابوك ابا ماجيك اند ستارز اند يو نو يو كان اسك بلوتو تو لايك ميك دو افر يو هو نوز مان سم ويرد ستف ساوندز لايك سم ستف واي يوست تو ليف ان نورثن كاليفورنيا اند ذاتس وير لايك اف سمبدي جست ريدز ذات اتس الاود تو ميك تقليد اوف ذا كريتيسيزم اوف سمون اس لونج اس يو سي يور مقلد سو اف اي هيرد فروم امام فرحان that such and such is not reputable i can say i'm following what i heard from him i can't say on my own i have to show the source of this criticism that's why we have an important principle in arguments la jarha a bil majhul meaning like the jarih can be majhul the critic can be unknown the critic has to be known lana al bayan ala mudda'i The Prophet says, hadith is important. Clarification is, is the responsibility of the claimant. How can the, the, the clarification be clear if the claimant's unknown? And the other important point is that Sayyidina Imam al-Razi Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala when, when you look at sort of the different things that are out there you begin to find very early on number one the text doesn't exist it ain't there so how do you rule that something is mawjood when it's not mawjood al-adam Something that doesn't exist is not like something that exists. It has to be proven. So there's no jarh, there's no criticism from an unknown source. This is not, this is not criminal cases, by the way, now. We're talking about deen. It's a different issue. They have forensic sciences, whatever. The second is you look at the a'imma in general. The majority of a'imma, of scholars from old and new times, The majority of them, they gave him the title Al-Imam. The word Imam is like, like equivalent to like PhD now, in that time. Iman yajuzu lahu al-taqtadi bih. You're allowed to follow that person. That person is accomplished. They have qualified themselves academically to be trusted. They are a trusted source. And then you find some statements like Imam Tajuddin al-Subki who alludes to this. He says, you know, وَقَدْ يُقَالْ And if you read Arabic, يُقَالْ is called سِغَةْ التَّمْرِيد قِيل وَيُقَالْ It means something's weak. It's not قَالْ يَقُولْ Why? Because the one who said it is what? يُسْمَ الَّذِي لَمْ يُسْمَ فَاعِلُهُ The subject is not mentioned. It was said. قَدْ قِيل It was said or يُقَالْ It is said not قَالَ صُحَيْب not يَقُولُ صُحَيْب So again the absence of knowing who said it renders it what? Like inadmissible <coughs> or sketchy That's why it's called from the word مَرَض to be sick سِغَةُ تَمْرِيد A sick form It's weak 
But Sayyidina Imam Tajidina Subki Rahimullah, he says, Tabakat Shafi'iyya. The Imam Al Razi, it is said he wrote this text. But there's a difference of opinion about that. And then Sayyidina Imam Ibn Hajar, who dies 858 after Hijri, he writes, I couldn't find a book anywhere. And Imam, Imam Ibn Hajar, he's looking everywhere. You know where Imam Ibn Hajar got his start? His sister. Because his family died and his father left books. And the time of Imam Ibn Hajar, books are like iPads. One book. And she suffered for him. She said, I'm not going to sell these books so my brother can become a scholar. So he used to always say, Rahimahullah, Ukhti. May Allah have mercy on my sister who she sacrificed for me. But Imam Ibn Hajar, he was known as like Mawsu'ah. And he's someone who really was well-read, Muttali'ah. He said, I could not find this book anywhere. And then I said to you guys, Monoform was some Azahira, Azhariyin. One brother, he works on what's called Daru Kutub al-Misriya, which is like a place in Egypt that has so many handwritten books. Speaking of handwritten books, that in itself should make, should make us patient with people. Because out of all of the handwritten books in the Muslim world, yeah, only 20% have been printed. So that means 80% I heard this from one of my professors. He's never been, never seen the light of day. Out of the 20%, excuse me, that have been, sorry, cataloged and, and not printed, but cataloged and, and uh, are known and everything, only 6% out of the 20% have been printed. So that means that you're only dealing with how much from the total of Islamic heritage had just 6% out of 100%. So like, be patient with people. So, one of our brothers who works in Darul Kutub al Masriya, he found this book. SubhanAllah, Sabr wa Taqseem. You know, like patience, man. It's like Da Vinci codes or something. Like it's a lot of work. And here we see the etiquette with criticism, like, you know, the maturity, being careful. Because the asl of every Muslim is their good. That's why in the science of hadith, Sheikh Ahmed Shakir mentions in his excellent edition of the Musnad of Imam Ahmed, that if we come across a narrator who's unknown, we say that they're good people, but they're unknown. Why would they say they're good people? Because the asl bara'atudhimma, the foundation is good. This is very different than pre-modernity or now uh, neo-modernity, which everyone's evil, everyone's bad, everyone has an agenda. Islam doesn't look at the world that way. Everybody's born with fitra. So the way that we look at human beings is very different. The way that we should look at each other is very different. So who's majhulul hal? 
will say like, the adalatuhu is good, but the dabt is unknown. Because we have, we, are, we have to assume what? Iyakum wa dhunna fa'inna dhunna akdhawu al-hadith. So our brother, he came across the book. And as I told you, written on the front page, it's the, it's the handwriting of a scribe. But it's, it's quoting Ar-Razi, who said, I want anyone who looks at this book to be warned that I did not write this book because I believe in what's in it. I am innocent of everything in this book. I only wrote it to teach people, to alert people to evil. As we said, Shaykh can correct me, Shaykh Masadat Shafi'iyah and the Shafi'i Madhab, except for Imam Nawi and maybe some others. The majority of the Shafi'iyah allows someone who's a scholar to learn magic, to be aware of it, not to use it. So does Razi, is he acting according to Ahl Sunnah? Absolutely. Imagine in how many hasanat these people who died are going to get. That even after they died, people still coming after them and saying things about them. And as we mentioned, that's why many ulama consider Imam Marazi from the Mujaddideen, the reformers of Islam. And I want you to understand something. This diversion in this class is on purpose. Yeah. Yes. Shams al-Ma'arif is like the same. Shams al-Ma'arif, you know, it's a book, very similar kind of book. It's sold, unfortunately, in Egypt. Even some of the ulama Azhar, they said one of the halab, I'm not going to say the name, one of the bookstores that sold it, that's why it lost all its barakah. Because they used to sell that book. I remember I looked at that book and said, man, this is crazy, man. It looked like the back of an Iron Maiden album or something. It was really strange, man. Yeah. But Sadat Shafi'iyah, from that, but they said it's, it's, it's for scholars, especially they have to be a scholar of Usul al Theologians, not, not just like anybody can pick it up and read it. Like, I'm going to go home and read Shams al-Ma'arif. Billah. So al-Asl al-Turk, right? It's better to avoid this. And, and this, this is, this is, actually, this is an example of ruqsa in knowledge, dispensation. It's allowed to learn this if there's a problem. And it needs to be like addressed. By the way, the same axiom was used to learn about nuclear weapons. <laughs> nuclear weapons, why would anyone want to learn about them? But to be aware and defend yourself. The same thing. So we mentioned some of the scholars, their statements about Razi, just you know, to lay it out. But I want to make sure that you understand this class, Riyadh Salihin, the goal of this class is to be a better worshiper. That's the class. So like as you continue to study this class with me, you should like find yourself like loving the Prophet more. And Imam Sidi Ahmad Zuruq said, Ilmun bila amalin wasilatun bila ghayatin. And Shaykh Ahmad Zuruq in the Qawaid al-Tasawf, he said, knowledge without action is like a means with no ending. Like why? Well, somebody learned not to act. Fa'ilmun bila amalin 
So it's just like for no purpose. And he also has a nice statement. He says, That the, the benefit of anything is based on the reason why it was brought about. Like, so why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So the first Riyadh al-Salihin, as we mentioned before, Imam Nawi wrote that book for people who seek Jannah. That's it. Second, is that like we studied Tawbah, so like, or Ikhlas, sincerity. So I should find myself now like drawn more to Ikhlas, to be focused on being sincere, to look at my, my actions and examine them. Shaykh Ibn Al-Ta'Allah says, Al-A'maru suratun qa'imatun in al-hikam. Ibn Al-Ta'Allah said that actions are like an empty vessel. وَرُوحُهَا سِرُّ إِخْلَاصِ وَجُوزْ سِرِّ إِخْلَاصِ فِيهَا And the life of those, those empty vessels, those bodies, is ikhlas. So like an action without sincerity is like a body without oxygen. La ilaha illallah. A lot of potential, <laughs> a lot of potential, but it's, it's not utilized. So like the first few weeks, I should, I should feel drawn to be more sincere. And I should turn to Allah to forgive me for my shortcomings. This is taf'il al-tawheed. We want to live tawheed, ta'meel al-tawheed. Everyone tafkir al-tawheed. Everybody can think about tawheed, which is important. But tafkir yajribu, ta'meel. I should think about it, it should cause me to live it. Ihya al-tawheed. Then we talked about, and this is where we were, repentance, at-tawbah. Hatta Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, khala inni atubu ila Allahi wa astaghfiru kulli yawm mi'atamurrah. Every, every day, at least a hundred times, he would turn back to Allah. And he's ma'soom, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What about us? So the purpose of Riyadh Salihin is to align me with being the abd of Allah and to have a higher focus. Everything I do, I should think about how is it going to impact my hereafter. That's why Sayyidina Umar, he said, radiallahu anhu to Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, وَلَوْلَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ If it wasn't for the Day of Judgment, people would act differently. Meaning they wouldn't be held back. The people, the Salaf, there would be no filter, there would be no barrier because they would just live like they want. And now we live in a world where the individual, the unbridled individualism is not only encouraged, it's rewarded. So Sayyidina Imam al-Razi, as I said before, this section that we're going to read now will help us understand hadith better because it's a mistake in the methodology of Islamic studies that people study tafsir and hadith before usul al-deen. This is a disaster. And that's why the Sahaba, they said, ta'alamna al-Qur'an, qabla al-Qur'an. We learned iman before Qur'an. How do you understand the Qur'an? How do you understand hadith? 
Some people can pick up the Quran and Hadith and be led astray. خَسَارَ in the Quran. Those, those people, those evildoers, when they read the Quran, it just increases them in, in loss. One time I had a dictionary, I got it, it's from Lebanon. It was by a Christian guy. Antoine Dahda. He's a great, great scholar in Arabic. So I was reading his dictionary, this is years ago, and he has Al-Jawazim, the, these kind of articles that come in front of the imperfect verb. And he says, Lam. Lam means, you know, wasn't. Lam aku, I didn't eat. So he says, the best example of Lam is Lam yalid wa lam yulad. And he's a Christian. And subhanAllah, he uses the Quran, the verse that denies his belief. But he doesn't see what you can see. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the ability to see something some people can't see. It's a gift. So, Usuluddin, what is Usuluddin? Shaykh asked me. Usuluddin, number one, ilahiyat. A tawheed. What's called ilahiyat. Things we need to know about God. Number two, a nubuwat. What we need to know about prophets. The third, a sam'iyat. A sam'iyat. Those things we need to hear about. What does as-sam'iyat mean? Al-ghaybiyat, the unseen. Why did they call it as-sam'iyat? It's very important because I cannot project my meaning onto this. Whether internally, whether how I feel, whether what I think, I had a dream, whatever. I have to hear it from a prophet or from the book of Allah. So those three things are the foundations of usul al-deen. Ilahiyat, Tawheed, Aqeedah, yani. number two, Anubuwat, what we have to know about prophets. 55, 50 things we need to know about both combined. And then what's called a Sam'iyat. Sam'iyat, the unseen. After I learn that, then that's why you find people, man, I bought the Muwatta. I'm just like, I'm so confused right now. And Kayfa Tawatta, a Tariq, a Tawatta, yani, Muwatta. How are you gonna muatta means to make easy? How are you gonna make the road easy for yourself without the foundations of the road? And this is unfortunate now. And this is the role of teachers, not just to be entertainers, not just to be speaking at conferences, but if you learn that Jedi stuff, you need to pass that on. Especially if you embrace Islam. You have that responsibility. And unfortunately, the way of, of Sunnis now is that we're so ignorant of our pedagogical history that when people come and teach us this, no, I've never seen that before in my life. Exactly. And that's why I said last week, it's like Simba and the Lion King. Don't recognize ourselves anymore. So there's, it's like it's a loss, as we'll talk about today. So Imam Sayyidina Imam Razi, the reason that we're going to read from this book is because you want to remember this, everything you take with me, tubna ala ma fat wa tu'assasu lima huwa at. Right? It's very important. Tubna ala ma fat, everything you learned is based on what we did before. Wa tu'assasu lima huwa at. And is giving you a foundation for something that's coming. So when I teach you, that's how I'm thinking now. And I know that there's going to be some ahadith that come up in the future. And people might say like, man, like, 
SubhanAllah, how is that possible? So we talked about a ta'arut, right? Contradictions like, uh, are you sure like the Prophet did this? The Prophet said this? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sayyidina Imam al-Shawkani says in Urshad al-Fuhud, the problem is not with the Prophet. The problem is not with the Quran. The problem is not with the person also. We need to be careful, right? Just a lack of certain tools that can be learned to understand correctly. Because look at Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu on Isra and Mi'raj. When, you know, there was at least 14 people that apostated in Isra and Mi'raj. When, when they came to Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and they said to him, did you hear what he said? What did he say? If he said it, it's the truth. Why? Because Abu Bakr has Iman. He has Usul. He has an understanding. He's not. Now, subhanAllah, Muslims see someone do something on TikTok, Instagram. Man, I don't know, man. My Iman is like so weak right now. How is that going to impact your Iman? How does that, like imagine if you and I lived at the time and someone came and said, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made Isra Mi'raj. Compared to, I saw some guy on TikTok attacking Islam and like it caused me to have some doubts and like I'm having an existential crisis. What? And this is not the fault of anybody. This is because we do not study the hereafter with the same financial support and organization and professionalism that we study the dunya. We don't have the resources because the passion isn't there. So Imam al-Razi rahimahullah is going to talk about al-Isma, Ismat al-Anbiya. This is one of the foundations of al-Nubuwat. One of the nine things we have to believe about the Prophets. And we mentioned them last week. Shaykh Ahmed Marzuki in his poem Aqidat al-Awam he says, Arsala anbiya the He mentions the first four things we have to believe about prophets from the science of Usul al-Din. What's the first? They're intelligent, very intelligent, super intelligent people. Number two, Sidq, they're honest people. So now when you read a hadith or you read like, did, 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 did Ibrahim lie? Sidq. So now you know there's a ta'arud in my mind, there's a contradiction in my mind. Either Ibrahim lied, a'udhu billah, or I'm not understanding something. Now you see Usuluddin, the purpose. Bisidqi wa tabliq. Someone comes to you and is like, man, my shaykh, you know, subhanAllah, we have this really cool special group. We meet by the Potomac every Sunday at like 4 o'clock. Because my shaykh saw in a dream the Prophet gave him some information that he hid from everyone else. The third obligation we believe about the Prophets is everything they were commanded to teach, they taught. Adam al-Kitman, they didn't hide anything. So if you have that asl, it's going to protect you from that kind of stuff. You say, no, 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 no. Allah cursed those people that hide what he sent. Allah says, you have to, O Muhammad, convey everything that we commanded you. So Usuluddin, learning Usuluddin, not only is important in shaping how I think, but how I live, and it will protect me also. Because not everybody has 
Now everybody has good intentions, man. So, the first, the prophets are intelligent, the opposite of that is ignorance. So we believe in one, we negate one. That's two. The second, the prophets are truthful, alayhim salam, the opposite is that they're liars. Now how many total? Four. Third, that they conveyed everything Allah commanded them to indiscriminately. The opposite of that would be what? Kitman, that they hid something. The, the last, Al-Amana, Amin salam, that they're trustworthy people. The opposite of that is what? Al-Khuda'a, that they were untrustworthy. So now if you see someone on TikTok, some non-Muslim, you know, I'm not gonna say, such and such, the Prophet of Islam was untrustworthy. That shouldn't move you. Why? Because you know the foundation of Usuluddin is what? Amen. And then you can respond to that person. And this is, I will always want you to remember this. Anyone can use evidences, but only the trained people know how to use them correctly. The last two beliefs we have about the prophets is that they can, you know, human things. They experience anger, sleep. Sometimes, I, I remember one time, one girl, I was MSA, she got Bukhari, and she came to me, she's like, I just, I can't believe the Prophet was angry. Like, I'm just having like an existential crisis. I was like, no, you're having a textual crisis. It's not ex- maybe existential, there may be other things there that are layering this crisis. I said, why? She's like, I just cannot believe the Prophet would be mad. Then ask her, did the Prophet get mad for the sake of Allah? So, oh yeah, I never thought about that before. So the, the second thing we believe about them Sheikh Ahmed Marzuki says that the prophets can experience normal human things like we all have, natural human experiences as long as it doesn't compromise their role as prophets. So now when people say, how did those magicians like impact the prophet? You know, like I was in this philosophy class and the professor started saying, like, you know, if you guys really believe the Prophet Muhammad was perfect, then how did those, like at the end, you know, Surat al-Falaq and Surat al-Nas, because it impacted him to the point that it did not, what, compromise his what, his role as what, as a Prophet. And to teach us how to protect ourselves. So text without usul, yajibu al don't mean full Masri, full Amriki. Right? Text without usul makes someone a fool. So that's why when you go and study somewhere, you want to ask the person, are you going to teach Usuluddin? I want to learn Usuluddin. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Like Sheikh Farhan, what is he teaching you in hadith? Usulu hadith. Why? Before you started reading Sahih Muslim, why does the Imam Muslim begin his collection with usul? Why did he do that? Why does Shatibi begin Hirz al-Amani with Usul? Now you see a methodology. Why does Al-Ghazali begin his text Arba'in fi Usul al-Din? Now you tapped into your Simba moment. And I'll give you an example. And you can ask people who speak Arabic this. I see it a lot. Have you ever heard someone try to read Quran without Tajweed? So it's Qira'ah. 
So reading the Quran without tajweed is like trying to understand text without usuluddin. It's gonna be it's gonna be problematic, man. So reading from this text on Ismatul Anbiya, we're gonna read through the proofs of Ar-Razi. And one thing you're gonna notice, look how he layers his scholarship. It's very important. You study with people, you find layers. That tells you that they can explain the text correctly. The more they're able to bring from foundational information and text, the more you know that they were trained. But if the lesson is just about, you know, the sheikh is wrong, the sheikh is wrong, any idiot, a donkey can do that. You can train a parrot. Imam Malik said there are some people who argue so much they sound like a camel in heat. Just screaming. And now that's what Islamic education became? Just attacking and arguing. But where's the learning? Because for those of us especially who embraced Islam, we have kids to think about in this thing, man. We're going to raise our kids on hating each other? So watch how he layers it, and I'm going to do my best to explain to you where those layers are happening, so you can appreciate it. But largely what you're going to find with Sayyidina Imam al-Razi are four or five scientists that are like a, a web code designer in the background. His ideas are what you see, the web page, but in the background is th this is happening. What are those four major sciences you're going to find? Number one is language. Number two, usul al-Din. Number three, usul al-Fiqh. Khala, those three. Number four, mantaq. We're going to talk about mantaq now, but he's going to employ sometimes like Islamic logic. Scholars had three opinions about studying Islamic logic. The majority said it's permissible for those who are like well-versed in Qur'an and Sunnah. Imam Anawi and Imam Asiyuti said it's haram, as did Imam Iwitimiyah. And the third, Imam Al-Ghazali said it's wajib, fard. Strong opinion, as Imam Al-Akhdari mentions, is the first opinion. So Ar-Razi is going to employ 15 proofs to show that the prophets are infallible. This is one of the foundational beliefs of our religion. We want to know this before we start reading more hadith. Ismatul Anbiya. Wallahu ya'asimuka minan nas. Allah will protect you. The word isma in Arabic means hif, to protect. In theology, it means what? Malakatun nafsiyyatun tamna'u sahibaha minul fujur. So our ulama said, like, internal strength to keep someone away from evil. Some ulama said, Adam al Qudra al al Ma'asi, the inability to do evil. This is from Allah. That's why they're called Ma'asum. Allah gave them Isma. That's important because as we start to read hadith, without understanding this, someone may start to worry. So we'll begin, inshaAllah. The first one he says, Rahimahullah, uh, and we're going to make this, uh, you know, quick. In the next week, we will continue. In the week after, I may, I may be out of town. He says, Rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, Sayyidina Imam al-Razi, Rahimahullah. He says, Al-Hujjatu al-Ula. The first, like, soundproof. Al-Hujjah has its own meaning, but there's no need to talk about it now. لَوْ سُدِرَ الذَّنْبُ عَنْهُمْ لَكَانَ حَالُهُ فِي اسْتِحْقَاقِ ذَنِّ عَاجِلًا وَالْعَاقِبَ آجِلًا أَشَدُّ مِنْ حَارِ عُصَاتِ الْأُمَّةِ 
He said, if the prophets were sinners, because they're prophets, then their punishment would be greater than the Muslims who follow them, because the one who knows the punishment is always what? Is always greater. So that's impossible to accept. It's impossible to accept. And can you believe like Sayyidina Muhammad would be, or any other prophet would suffer punishment more than others from their ummas? Then he uses an evidence from the Quran. After <coughs> He says, And here he's layering his knowledge. First, he uses logic. This, this. But that logic is rude in aqidah. That we believe the prophets are aftaru, the best creation and the best of all of them is Sayyidina Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he mentions a verse from Surah Al-Ahzab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim, Ya nisaa an-nabiyyi lastunna ka ahadim min an-nisaa. Oh, wives of the Prophet, you're not like normal women. You're not like the other women. Meaning you have a higher maqam. Because why? Al-mul'azama wa ma'ashara wa sahba. You're with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why students of shiyukh, don't think that being around the shaykh gives you permission to treat people badly. You do not understand the Quran. So somebody that is in the company of teachers and around scholars and studying with them, it's not about fame, it's not about taking pictures, it's not about this. Their character should be more because the more we learn, the more we are held responsible. Then, of course, people say, I'm not going to learn then. But I remind them that knowledge is divided into two important parts, right? Fardain and Fardu Kifaya. There are things you have to learn, there are things I have to learn. Nobody's excused from that. But if I'm around light, then let me carry light. And oftentimes you can know a sheikh by how his students act or her students act. So Allah said to them, You're not like other women. Meaning, because of the sahba with the Prophet then Allah says, That if any of you, wives of the Prophet, come with a clear evil, then their punishment will be multiplied. Why? Because of their maqam. So if the Prophets committed sins, if that's the case of the wives of the Prophets, who their maqam caused them to potentially experience greater punishment, then what about those Prophets whose maqam no one has their maqam? See his argument now? The wives of the Prophet are held to a greater accountability if they fall into evil because they are his wives. If that's the case of the wives of the Prophets, 
who are held to a higher sense of accountability because of their nearness to the prophets. What about the prophets themselves if they committed sin? Just as their blessings and na'mah are incredible, if they committed sin, then what? Their punishment would be what? Incredible. Nobody can believe that. The second proof that he uses, he says, لَوْ صُدِرَ الذَّنْبُ عَنْهُمْ مَكَانُ مَقْبُورِ الشَّهَادَةِ لِقَوْرِ تَعَالَى بَعْدَ أَوْضِ بِاللَّهِ مِشَّيْتَانِ الرَّجِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنْ جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقُونَ بِنَبَئٍ فَتُثْبِتُوا فَتُثَبِّتُوا He said that if, if they committed sin, then their witness wouldn't be accepted. What's the job of prophets? Alayhim salam, their first and foremost job is to be what? Witnesses. But Allah says here in Surah Hujurat, if a sinner comes to you with information and there's two qira'ah, فَتُثَبِّتُوا فَتُبَيِّنُوا فَتَبَيِّنُوا يعني. Then you have to clarify that information. So that means that if somebody believes the prophets fell into sin, then that means any information that comes to us from them, alayhim salatu salam. Thank you so much. I have my collection here. Allah bless you. That if the, the prophet is a sinner, and they come to you to information, what are you going to have to do? Tabayun. Because it, you, I want you to keep in mind, Al-Razi is of the opinion that the prophets didn't commit any sins. We talked about the different opinions about this last week. And there's an agreement on, of course, major sins. He says, فَهَذَا هُوَ أَمْرُ That verse orders us to do our due diligence when a sinner comes to us with information and to verify that information. He said, if that's the case, if a sinner comes to you and you're not allowed to take their information from them in this life, then what about the one who's going to be a witness against you or for you in the next? So here you see how he's arguing his, his point. Rahimahullah. And he says something really nice. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shahida bi anna Muhammadan alayhi salatu salam shaheedun ala al-kudbi yawm al-qiyamah. Allah himself bears witness that the Prophet will be a witness against or for all in the hereafter. When he says subhanahu wa ta'ala wa kathalika ja'alnakum ummatan wasatan litakunu shuhada'a ala al-nas litakunu shuhada'a ala al-nas wa yakuna al-rasoolu alaykum shahida. And we made you an ummah to be a witness against people who made the Prophet as a witness against you. Meaning you and all people. Ya ayyuhal nas, inni rasulullahi ilaykum jami'ah. Surah Al-A'raf. Oh people, I am the Messenger of Allah sent to all of you. 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testifies to the integrity and honesty and fidelity of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The next, لَوْ صُدِرَ أَذَّنْبُ عَنْهُمْ لَوَجَبَ زَجْرُوهُمْ If they fell into evil, then someone would have to rebuke them. So if they did some kind of major or any kind of sinful behavior, it is obligated upon us to what? To call to good and forbid forbid the evil. So he said, are there any reports of the Sahaba making inkar upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? لِأَنَّ دَلَائِلَ دَلَالَةٌ عَلَى وُجُوبِ الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ لَكِنْ زَجْرَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ غَيْرُ جَائِزٍ In fact, it's not allowed. Zajr here means not only to rebuke but to bother someone. Iz'aj, same meaning, to disturb somebody, to bother them in a way that like shakes them. That's haram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَآخِرَةِ Whoever, whoever bothers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and bothers the Messenger of Allah, here it means to hurt them, yeah. Allah will curse them in this life and the next. So it's not impossible for someone to go and like forcibly rebuke the Messenger of Allah. It's not allowed. The next he said, A'udhu Billahi min Shaitan He says, لَوْ صُدِرَ الْفِسْقُ عَنْ مُحَمَّدٍ عَوْدُ بِاللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ سَرَاتُ السَّلَامِ لَكُنَّا إِمَّا أَنْ نَكُونَ مَأْمُورِينَ بِالْاِقْتِضَاءِ بِي the first he said, he, he lays it into views as like a syllogist argument. He said, number one is, if, God forbid, if sin came from the Prophet then we would be commanded to follow him in that sin because we're commanded to follow him. Shaykh Razi said, that's not allowed. <laughs> you say, either we're commanded to follow him, we're not commanded to follow him. So if you say, A'udhu Billah, A'udhu Billah, that sin came from the Prophet we're commanded to follow the Prophet So that means then that sin would become what? Sunnah. So either you're commanded to follow him, we're not following him in that situation. So it doesn't make sense. So the only way out of this is to say what? Ismatul Anbiya. As we believe. The next, Al Hujjatu Al Khamisa, Lao Sudira Tal Ma'asiyatu An Al Anbiya'i Alayhim Salatu Was Salam, Lao Wajaba Anya Kunu Mawudin Bi Athabi Lahi Bi Athabi Jahanna Ma'udu Bila. If disobedience came from the messengers of Allah, Alayhim Salatu Was Salam, then they would be those that are threatened by the punishment of hell. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَعْسِي اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُولَهُ دُخِيلُهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا Whoever disobeys Allah and His Messenger. Surah Nisa, 
and they go beyond the limits that Allah and His Messenger have laid out, they will enter hellfire. Is it possible for us to believe that Al Anbiya alayhim salatu salam would do something like that? No. وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ مُّهِينٌ بِاللَّهِ الْحُجَّةُ السَّادِسَةُ أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَأْمُرُونَ أو أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَأْمُرُونَ بِالطَّاعَاتِ وَتَرْكِ الْمَعَاصِي وَلَوْ تَرَكُوا الطَّاعَاتَ وَفَعَلُوا الْمَعْصِيَةَ لَدَخَلُوا تَحْتَ قَوْرِهِ تَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ Next he said that the Prophet's ordered to obey Allah and commanded for us to, to stay away from disobedience to Allah. So if they disobeyed Allah and commanded to stay away from disobedience, they would fall under the verse, O you who believe, why do you say what you don't do? Hated to Allah is that you say what you don't do. And also under the verse, do you call the people to good? But you forget it yourself. So here we see Sayyidina Imam al-Razi rahimahullah using the Qur'an to defend his ideas. And here I want to make a very important point. If you look at most Muslims today, they, used to have, they have to use ideas to defend the Qur'an that are outside of the Qur'an. That's why Imam Ibn Ta'Allah Iskandari in Al Hikam, he says something you have to pay attention to. He says, Shatan man yastadilla. شَتَّانْ مَنْ اسْتَدِلَّ بِوُجُودِهِ بِخَلْقِهِ وَمَنْ اسْتَدَلَّ بِخَلْقِهِ بِوُجُودِهِ Ya Salam Yani shatan, there's a big difference between the person اسْتَدَلَّ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِخَلْقِ Who uses creation to prove Allah and the one who uses Allah to prove creation and now we can say the same thing. Shatan man bayna stadalla ala al-Islam bi-dunya wal-hayat al-dunya wa man stadalla ala hayat al-dunya bil-Islam. And that's how you know things are in a difficult situation. That people have to insert into Islam, especially political nomenclature now as it is manifested itself through far right and far left antics. Even things like gender roles, whether it's red pill or feminism or whatever is out there, inserting it into Islam. Where's the one who does the opposite? That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I need the world around me to prove Islam. No, I need Islam to show me how I can live in the world correctly. Doesn't mean also you neglect stuff. There's a balance here. But look at Ar-Razi. Did you hear him quote anything else but Qur'an to prove his point? Did you hear him quote anything else but Hadith to prove his point? He doesn't need that. Although he was aware and he had studied many of the great philosophers, 
Al-Razi was a polymath. He spoke more than one language. He spoke many languages. But now, if we think about where Islamic thought is in English in America, we have to ask ourselves, are we inserting into or exporting out? The more I know, the more I study, the more I'm anchored. وَالْرَاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يَقُولُونَ آمَنَّا بِهِ كُلُّ مِنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا Those people that have rusukh, they are anchored in knowledge. As Sayyidina Imam Ali said, they're not like a branch that just goes wherever the wind goes. They have a foundation. And that's why you find Muslims are always trying to outdo what's popular in society. Because that gives, not all, but some Muslims, that gives them a sense of validation of their religion. Validate life with Islam. Don't validate Islam with life only. Of course, there are moments where that will happen. So Sidna Mawlana says, Shatan man stadalla ala khalqihi bih wa man stadalla bihi ala wujudihi bi khalqihi. Sayyidina Shaykh Imam So look at Al-Razi. Look how he argues his points. Look how he makes his points. He keeps it in the family, man. He keeps it at the barbecue. He doesn't go out. He stays in. So that will tell you something about yourself. When you find yourself challenged, what do you run to? Quran, Hadith, actions of the Prophet? Or something else. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Don't get me wrong. But you want to be able to start to layer yourself and protect yourself in ways where you're able to defend the deen with the deen. And that's why we love to see celebrities become Muslim. But we ignore the converts right in front of us. Because we love doing so you find people more excited about a celebrity who's Muslim and they got converts right in their own masjid who need help. Being, I know converts been kicked out of their homes, been pushed out of their houses because that's not where the light's shining, bro. That's not where society is sanctioning reward. So Sayyidina Imam al-Razi does something very important. And this is mentioned by Sidi Ahmed Zarouq in the Qawa'id al-Tasawwuf. He says, Isnaru shayli aslihi walqiyamu fihi bi dalilihi khas. Wallahi, this should be written in gold. I taught this at Center DC like four years ago, this principle. Isnaru shayli asli. Any idea that you have was called ta'seelu, rooted in sharia. Ta'seel from usul. Foundationalize it. You literally would have translated Isnaru Shaybi Aslihi. So I have an idea. Khalas. Asil. Hadihi al fikra. Find support for it. And if I'm not qualified, Al imma inda al awam kal adillati inda al mujtahideen. Say this very important accent. That the resources around you, the imams and teachers, are like evidences for the scholars. The front line of understanding our teachers. That's why attacking ulama and attacking the shuyukh, all of them, of course, 
people need to be certainly held accountable. But that will lead to destruction because then there's no one else to trust. Who do you learn from now? Everybody's wrong. Everybody's horrible. There's no good left. So then it's just me and the guy who's attacking everybody. Good luck with that. So isnadu shayli asli. You root something into an idea that you have. Summa wal qiyamu fihi bi dalilihi khas. And then you stand it up with its specific evidence. Look at Azuruq. Allah, it's a very beautiful thing he said here. And this should be the way of Muslim activists, Muslim politicians, Muslims involved in like masculinity discussions, Muslims involved in feminism. You want to be an activist? Good, no problem. And do all that, but have taqseel al-shara rooted in the sharia. And then you'll find balance. But now it's the opposite. We do isnad of our ideas and everything around us, and then we want to reflect that on Islam. That's what I said earlier. That's why usulul fiqh, Allahi al-Azim, is a very important subject, and why we should support educational endeavors to create public academics and intellectuals, not university academics and intellectuals. For the people, man, for the masses. So many people contact me in this class, they said, man, I never heard this before. Why didn't you hear this before? If you are around when Sheikh Hanuti was around, you heard this before. Allah Sheikh Farhan, you go to his classes, you're going to hear this kind of stuff. Sheikh, you're going to hear this kind of stuff. But it's hard nowadays to find teachers because people don't want to pay us to teach. They want to pay us to entertain you. That's why one imam told me, I quit being an imam so I could be imam. I said, Ya Allah, it's like horrible, man. <laughs> what do you do? Drive Uber. It's fine, he's driving Uber, mashallah. But he said, I did all the ten qirat and Uber, mashallah. So his Uber is blessed. But he's not teaching anybody. So Sheikh Ahmad Zarouq, you want to pay attention to what I'm telling you. MSAs. Not just you feel good, like, oh, this is what Islam, this is my Islam. It's not your Islam. It's Allah's Islam. That's one of the biggest problems. We see things, oh, my Islam. Well, hold up a minute. The OG converts used to tell us, his Islam. It's not Islam from the Dar, Hussein. It's not Islam or her Islam, it's Islam. Aslam tu lillah. So now we see like issues of race, gender, politics, all this coming in. And because people aren't trained to do taqseel of ideas, Muslims now are not dividing over theology. Muslims are not dividing over ideas around religion. They're actually dividing over a second layer which is more problematic is they are dividing over what it means to be secular. Because there's no ta'seel. So if there's no ta'seel, there's no asl, there's no foundationalism. And a person not qualified to do that because that's a qualification. Then that means there's no rootage. And if there's no rootage happening, no foundational happening, what are you, foundationalism happening, what are you arguing over? And this is the third wave of colonialism and a way to further secularize Muslims. Now they fight over this stuff. So the center, ta'seelu al-asha'. So Sheikh Ahmad Zaruq, listen to what he says. Isnaru shayli asli. Rooting something in a foundation from sharia. Wal-qiyamu fihi bi dalilihi khas. And then establishing it with its specific evidences. Yadfa'u repels qawla, the statement al-munkiri, of the one who doesn't agree with it, li-haqiqatihi. You want to protect yourself? 
Okay, that's how. So here we see Sayyidina Imam al-Razi, he's doing ta'seel, ta'seel al-afkar. Everything he said, Qalallah, Qalallah, Rasulullah, Qalallah, Qalallah, Rasulullah, Qalallah, Qalallah, Rasulullah, blah, 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 blah. That's called ta'seel. From asl. He says, Rahimahullah, we're going to hurry up. Ah. He says, Al-Hujjatu, we skipped al-Rabi'ah. Law sudira al-fisqu, law sudira al-fisqu an Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la kunna imma an la kunna, ah, we talked about it. If, if, if the Prophet was to commit evil, we'd either be commanded to follow him in that evil, or we wouldn't follow him, and neither of those are allowed. And Allah says, فَاتَّبِعُوهُ You have to follow him. Sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. The last few, inshallah, that we'll stop in the next week. I'm going to read the hadith, because I know when people hear the hadith about how could God forgive someone who did 99 murders? That ain't your business. Nor is it mine. Let me worry about my own 99 mistakes. We know the song, 99. Yeah, and I am one. Al-Hujjatu al-Sadisa, the sixth proof. We talked about that one also. The seventh. Al-Hujjatu al-Sadi'ah. Qala Allah Ta'ala fi sifati Ibrahima wa Ishaq wa Ya'quba innahum kanu yusadi'una fil khayrat. Allah says that the Prophet Ibrahim, Ishaq and Ya'qub, they used to race to doing al-khayrat. Al-khayrat has alif lam. The good. They used to race to do the good from khayr. Here, Arvazi is going to use language. He already used qira'at, he used logic, he used aqidah. Now he's going to use language. He says, This important principle is the sort of fiqh. If you use alif and lam and the word is a plural, it means that it's a universal. But al Baydawi says, فَإِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيَرَاتِ الْخَيَرَاتِ All good. That's how it should be translated. That's why I believe translators, ideally, they should have studied Usul al-Fiqh, not just language. Because there's a meaning here that's lost. فَالْأَلِفُ لَمْ تُفِيدُ الْعُمُومِ إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِيهَا الْخَيَرَاتِ So Al-Razi says, they used to race and compete to do all good. And it, please, it implies they didn't do any evil. They just did good. So here, Ar-Razi uses a principle. It's an axiom from Usul al-Fiqh because he was a great scholar <coughs> of Usul al-Fiqh. He says, وَالْأَلِفُ وَلَامُ فِي سِغَةِ الْجَمْعِ تُفِيدُ الْعُمُومَةِ فَالدَّخَلَ تَحْتَ اللَّفْضِ الْخَيْرَاتِ فِعْلُ كُلِّ مَا يَنْبَغِي وَتَرْكُ كُلِّ مَا يَنْبَغِي he said that, so therefore the word al-khayrat means that they did everything they were commanded and they stayed away from everything that they were forbid. Because al-khayr means both. Good to do and not to do. We talked about this before. The sharia is based on doing fi'l and tarq. So good means I do what Allah commands and I avoid what Allah prohibited. So yusari'una fil khayrat, they didn't do anything. Because that's good. Because alif and lam means all, all good things. Rahimahullah. وَذَارِكَ يَدُولَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا فَاعِلِينَ لِكُلِّ طَاعَةٍ وَتَارِكِينَ لِكُلِّ مَعْصِيٍ Everything I just said in English now. <coughs> Arazi says, what I just said shows you 
that they did all good and avoided all evil. We're almost done, inshaAllah. He says that the, the eighth proof is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّهُمْ عِنْدَنَا لَمِنَ الْمُصْطَفَيْنِ الْأَخْيَارِ And he says the proof here is Mustafain وَالْأَخْيَارِ Mustafain, they were chosen. Mustafin, yani they were chosen. وَالْأَخْيَارِ Mustafin, الْأَخْيَارِ that they, that they were, istafat means to be chosen, and that they were the best. Allah talking about the Prophets. Alayhim salatu wasalam. He said, the proof of this is Al Akhyar al Mustafain, al Mustafin, Unaka Jawaz istithna. Sometimes if a plural is used, you can tell if that plural, and this is in law, is it means everything if it's allowed to make an exception from it. So for example, in al insana la fi khusr. Indeed, all humanity is lost. What's the next verse? Illa, istithna, an exception. Except, so in Arabic and usul fiqh, this type of style is used to show universality. So they were all chosen and they were all the best. You could say like, except. So that's why we say, if you're a student of knowledge, you'll remember this. That a universal, how do you recognize it? Is that you can do an exception of it. So you could say, you know, فَلَاهُمْ عَذَابٌ حَرِيقٌ Right? Or فَلَاهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ So for those people who do this, they will be punished. Except. So people is universal. So he's saying that they were mustafin al-akhyar, they were all chosen, and that they were all the best. There's an exception. Should we stop? Are they closed or? Oh, okay. So they're all chosen and they, you can take it, you can make exceptions of that. So he's saying here that means that every single one of them, they did like the best and that Allah chose them. Therefore, there was no sin because it say, except for this one who did this, except for this one who did that, it's not there. I can say, MashaAllah, kulluhum nas tayyibun illa suhaib fa'innahuma kan yusalli salat al-fajri wa dhuhri wal-asr. I can say, all of them were good Muslims except suhaib. Except suhaib, I'm still a Muslim, but what? I have some issues. He didn't pray this, this, this. So here, all of them are chosen by Allah, prophets. All of them are the best. In your mind, you could say, except, except, but Allah didn't mention exception. <coughs> so that means in their best and in their goodness, there's no mistakes. You understand now how he's arguing this? All right, we're going to make it quick because I think they're about to <coughs> push this out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Iblis, he says, I'm going to cause all of them to go extra except for those who are sincere. Is there anyone more sincere than that? So if this is talking about us, well, we have ikhlas. Allah says about us, mukhlisin. We have to have, we have to work to have ikhlas. What about the prophets? It's mukhlasin. Ism maf'ul. 
they were made sincere. Allah made them sincere. So that means in their sincerity, there's no what? No shortcomings. So if Iblis cannot deceive me and you, who are ikhlas, will have sometimes like shortcomings. What about those? Akhlasahumullah. Those who Allah made them sincere. And this in usul of iqfah al-khitab wa khitab Now Ar-Razi is really showing you his, his bona fides, man. He's saying, like, that's the case of regular people. فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجَمْعِينِ لَإِبَارَكَ مِنْهُمْ مُخَصِينَ Iblis says, I'm going to deceive all of them except those who are sincere. He's talking about us, not prophets. If that's the case for us, if we have sincerity by the grace of Allah, what about the prophets? And why am I hitting on this? I want you to appreciate this age. <coughs> In this age, prophethood is under siege. The idea of someone being a prophet is something that postmodernity will not allow. It will not permit. So the reason I'm doing this is to equip you with some tools. Not only for our class, but out there. Because I, I've had, even in interfaith meetings with fellow, and I'm not, I'm not big in the interfaith, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, you know what I mean? I'm not really there. Right? I'm not a big fan of it. Because I'm not going to compromise. Right? We have to say, like, I believe this is the truth, you believe this is the truth. Okay, we can work on social issues together, but not on the aqidah stuff. And I've been there where people have said to me, actually said to me, do you really believe Muhammad is a prophet? These are theologians. These are not like people who want to destroy me or people that have a problem with religion. These are people who believe in a religion. So why it's important to appreciate what Ar-Razi is talking about, Ismat al-Anbiya, is that in transmodernity, with its intoxicating relationship with political nomenclature on the right and the left, Prophet is under siege. And we should teach young Muslims Usuluddin. There should be a curriculum of Usuluddin in our high school. And one of the things that should be taught is Ismatul Anbiya. You know, you can crit criticize Shia all you want, but look how they love Ahlul Bayt Rasul. And look how they love their Imams. You know why they love their Imams? Because they, they believe their Imams have what? You find young Muslims that are Sunnis, they have problems with prophets. So you, you can't tell me, and it's not because they're bad people. This is a pedagogical, Sheikh, correct me. This is a pedagogical issue that they're not taught this way. So they, something to think about as we finish. We all count time? The mic went off, so we. We thought we got evicted or some shit. I got my, uh, I got my hut sticker. I got my hut sticker. Well, uh, we'll finish because of time. Um, I will take two more out of the fifteen, and maybe I'll put them online or something for people. Um, but he says, "Al-Hujjatu al-Thalithat al-Ashara." قال الله في حق إبراهيم عليه الصلاة والسلام إني جاعلك للناس إماما. He says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Sayyidina Ibrahim, I made you an Imam. Here Imam doesn't mean in Salah. Imam means the leader of a dawla, like head of state. But through a 
not a secular uh, lens, but through a religious lens. Sayyidina Mawlana al-Razi, he says, وَلِإِمَامَ هُوَ الَّذِي يُقْتَدُ بِهِ فَلَوْ صُدِرُ صُدِرَ الذَّنْبُ عَلِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ لَكَانِ اقْتِضَاءُ الْخَلْقِ بِهِ فِي ذَلِكَ الذَّنْبُ وَاجِبًا وَإِنَّهُ ضَاطِهِ The same argument he said earlier, he said that Sayyidina Ibrahim, Allah made him as an Imam, and the Imam is the one people should follow. So if sin had came from Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, they would have been obligated to follow him in what? In sin. Allah doesn't command us to follow evil. The last, inshallah, there's two qira'a here also. Has the same meaning. Bayti, baytiya. Same verses in Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that my ahad, this agreement, is not extended to evildoers. Evildoers. And here it means, of course, like sinners. فَكُلُّ مَنْ أَقْدَمَ عَلَى ذَنْبٍ كَانَ ظَارِمًا لِنَفْسِهِ لِقَوْلِ تَعَلَى فَمِنْهُمْ ظَارِمُ لِنَفْسِهِ So anybody who like does sin, they are doing dhulm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's promise is not with people who do dhulm, sin. But Allah says, ذُرِّيَّةً بَعْدُهَا مِنْ بَعْدِ وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَنِيمٌ the Prophets over generations in time, right? They were prophets because they weren't evil. They weren't sinners. They didn't fall into evil. And this, this here, this verse has two meanings. The first, of course, is sin, as we mentioned in our personal accountability, but also this implies oppression and political uh, you know, injustice. That's why subhanAllah Imam Jassas al-Hanafi, he has a go at Imam al-Tahawi. Because Sayyidina Imam al-Tahawi in his aqeedah, he introduces the idea of ta'atul umrah, obedience to the Amir. And Jassas, he uses this verse. says, And then he notes, he says, Ya Aba Ja'far al-Tahawi, you make taqlid of who? Abi Hanifa. See, Abu Hanifa, he funded the revolt of Imam Zaid. From Al-Bayt Rasulullah Zaidiya now in Yemen. Sayyidina Imam Abu Hanifa, he, he, he funded his revolt. He said, so are you saying that Abu Hanifa is against your aqidah? Because now this became an issue of aqidah in 2022, right? And then Al-Tahawi, Jassas, he goes at him hard because Jassas al-Razi is from, from the same place as Imam al-Razi, Sha'ab al-Azim, south of Tehran. So his mind is a little different. He said, you know the problem with you is you're a scholar of hadith. Sorry, Shaykh. And he said, that's your problem. You're not a scholar of politics. And he goes, you, he said, you guys always want to bring hadith into this. Don't get mad, Shaykh. Not you. He said, but you should leave politics to politicians. But the point here, la yanalu ahdi al-zalimin has two meanings. Zulm in our own personal lives and then women leading people. We cannot believe the prophets are like this. 
أعوذ بالله أن نبي رحمة I'm the prophet of mercy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فخلاص we skipped a few I'll try to post them later but these are some of the proofs because Shaykh what happened there's some hadith that are going to be coming soon I feel like sometimes people don't have that usul so they start to get like when people like man I bought Bukhari and I lost my iman it's like why did you buy Bukhari like why did you buy that I bought Jamal Usul of Ibn Athir I lost my iman like why did you buy that and the problem, at least in my humble opinion, Shay, correct me, is people don't have also to be. So they go into like, yeah, the, yeah, right, the lenses, then there's confusion. So what we did the last week and this week, because last week uh, is my fault, didn't announce class in time. We just went through like Imam Razi's position on Islam for MBA, right? Like why? So now when we come across anything and we mention the eight things we believe about prophets, right? Sidq, Tabligh. Amana and Amana. So Sidq, truthfulness, into being highly intellectual in what they did, conveying everything Allah commanded them, and then being people that are trustworthy. The opposite we don't believe. So eight, and then we talked about the other two that they fall in normal things that happen to people. It can happen to them as long as it be uh, the poem says, right? And then finally, um, we said Isma is to be protected, and here it means to be protected from sin. Razi taking the opinion of the Asha'ira. Um, uh, there's a difference in the Asha'ira school, but a lot of them that they didn't commit any sin. We said the majority of the Muhaqqiqeen and Ahl Sunnah, he said they fell into minor, minor mistakes. Sahwan. Or minor mistakes out of what's called babatamtiyya to teach people. Like, what do you do in this situation? Right? But Ar-Razi, when he says, Waqala ashabuna, he means his crew of scholars who think this way. And, and, and he, again, we mentioned how one of the lessons we took from this is we say Ar-Razi, people started getting nervous. But we showed you the book that people said he wrote. I was telling one of my brother, friends in Egypt, found the book they said Imam Rosi wrote about astrology and can you worship Pluto and stuff. On the front cover, he said, Ar-Razi wrote, I only wrote this book to teach people the evil. So like we're saying, like how much slander the poor guys. You're going to meet people that were born in like 1994. Like this guy gave you his hasanat. Man, he did like a thousand years after me, bro. <laughs> how did I get your hasanat? Well, you know, one night I was playing Fortnite with my friends and uh, we're having strawberry pop and uh, strawberry pop and uh, Kebab Palace, and I thought I was a mujtahid, and I just started to talk about you. Yo, Rajiv gonna be like, dude, <laughs> I will take, I will take the hasanat from 2022, bro. Like, give them to me. <coughs> Subhanallah. So, may Allah put barakah. Next week we'll continue the hadith with in the Senate we'll give to Bukhari also next week, inshallah. Uh, 99. Uh, the person who killed other people, he killed 99 people. People always ask like, how could God forgive someone? So yeah, ain't your business. A lot. That's the prophet. Like I don't know. I trust what the prophet said. So when I have belief that there's isma, then I'm gonna be more attached and in love with the prophet, and I will trust him more than I trust myself. Yes, sir.